I guess we could read the first eight or nine verses. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. You shall take my offering. And this is the offering which you shall take of them, gold, silver, and brass, blue, purple, and scarlet, and fine linen, and goat's hair, and ram skin dyed red, and badger skin and Cheatham wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing, oil, and for the sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set in the ephod, ephod, and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and after the pattern of the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. As you look at this scripture, and of course God is dealing with Moses, and Moses has been called up to the mount, and he says to bring him an offering, and give it to him willingly with his heart. It's speaking really of you giving your heart to the Lord. That's what this is speaking of. So he's dealing with bringing an offering to the Lord. And God says, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. This is God's purpose that he sets forth in the old covenant with Israel. And he sets forth his purpose here. And this purpose that's set forth here is to be realized by the church who is the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I wrote some, some notes here and I want to slow down and capture what I wrote, what the Lord was speaking in my heart. He, he dealt with me specifically on make me a sanctuary. And then the issue that is, that's at hand is that I may dwell among them. This is the issue at hand. And it's according to something. So, According to all that I show thee. And you need to capture that in your heart. That God's house, even the natural house that was brought forth in Moses, was according to what God showed him. So it was very specific. So God had a very, very specific idea in a sanctuary. Alright? And I wrote down, this is how he dwells among us. So he didn't just dwell among the Israelites. He dwelled among them very specifically. 
Now, this thought is about Him. This is where I, I believe we in Christianity get a little mis, mixed up. We think the thought's all about us. That everything God did was just for us. That's, that's what is in our minds. That this is all about me. Now this was all about Him. See, this is, this is a reverse order of what we've thought. God was bringing this tabernacle forth that He might dwell among them. That He would be present. And I wrote down at the, at the end of this, here's the problem. God's people don't walk in that mindset. Do they? Most of us do not walk in the mindset that it's about God at all. Most of our ideas of heaven has very little to do with God. It again has to do with who? Us. So, so most of our, our belief in God is all about me. It's, it's self-centered. And Jesus says something very important in the Gospels. He says, unless you lose what? Your life. You shall not find life. But most of the teaching has been about preserving our lives. It's been the opposite of what Jesus actually said. It's the restoration of our lives. And you have to ask yourself, is that even what the Lord said? So, so God was after a sanctuary, a, a dwelling place among the Israelites. Now this is pertaining to Israel but Jesus said something very important in the, in the Gospels. He said, search the Scripture. The Scripture that you think gives you life speaks of me. And He said to them, you would not come to me that you might have life. So when I go to the Scripture, and the Scripture was Genesis to Malachi, that was the Scripture, when, when it was recorded that Jesus said, search the Scripture, you know, that was, He was referring back to the Old Testament Scripture. When your Bible speaks of the Scripture, it's referring to Genesis to Malachi. Jesus said Genesis to Malachi was His testimony. It was speaking of Him. So when God spoke of a sanctuary in the midst of a people that was speaking of Christ. That was his mind toward Christ. That was his purpose in Christ. And everything he did in that tabernacle had a purpose. Every article of, of furniture in there had a purpose. You come to the, to the uh, candlestick, for example. And the candlestick had to be beaten out of gold. 
So you stop there and you look at the candlestick and you have this beautiful candlestick and you stick it in a building and if the candlestick has no oil, it has no light. So, so the oil produces the light through the candlestick. So the oil is speaking of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, and the light that's produced is speaking of the Lord. And this is operating in the candlestick, and, and, Paul, and well, I'm sure Paul had a hold of it, but John writes that the seven golden candlesticks in the book of Revelation are the seven churches. So, so what gives light to the church is the oil that's in this candlestick. When you take the oil out, there's no light. And then what the light shows, it shows something very specific in that room. It just doesn't show light because that room is closed off from the world. Do you get a hold of that? When they entered into that holy place, not the holy of holies, but the holy place where the candlestick was, the world didn't see it. It was behind the fence and in the first room of the tabernacle or temple. So the world wasn't looking at it. So they didn't see it. So what it cast light upon was the bread. The table of bread. And Jesus says something powerful, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. So the, so the light that's coming out of the candlestick, which is the light of the Lord, is showing the bread of life who is Christ himself. Amen. That you eat his flesh and you drink his blood. That you enter into his life. See, that's all about him. Amen. His flesh, his blood, to enter into his why? Hallelujah. But I have to see that. If I don't see that, I go into that same room without sight, then I imagine what it is. See, because there's a darkness that's not just the darkness of having no natural light, there's a darkness of not having any spiritual light. Any understanding of God. And when I read the word without an understanding of God, then I interpret or guess what it means. And guessing what it means has been a major problem in Christianity. Because God did everything toward purpose. And if we got a hold of His purpose was to dwell among us, if we just got a hold of that, that when He brings a people out of Egypt, He brings them out of Egypt to go to the promised land that He might dwell among them. Amen. And we come over to the book of John, and John 1 says, 
Verse 14. And the word, John 1, 14. Says, the word became flesh. Here's God's tabernacle. This is a little repeat from last week. You probably John 1 verse 14, and the word became flesh. Now John 1, 1 says the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. The same, the same mind, the same thought, the same purpose was from the beginning. He never changed his mind. He never changed his thought. It never got messed up. The same mind, same thought. He was, you know, we like to quote, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, John says the same thing. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same, the same what? Mind, thought, purpose was in the beginning with God. In verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and did tabernacle. The word dwell here is tabernacle. Among us. So God tabernacled among them, John says. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So God tabernacled. This was God's thought in Exodus. Now you have God's thought again in the person of Jesus Christ that he would tabernacle among a people. And Matthew says, and you don't have to turn there because I'm going to jump some scriptures, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this comes out of Isaiah 7, 14. That a virgin was going to conceive and bring forth a son, and that son was going to be called Emmanuel. God with us. God among us. So God's purpose was to be among you. But how he was going to dwell among you was according to the pattern that I show you. So he wasn't going to dwell among you, um, even in the natural with Moses, he wasn't going to dwell among them in their own thoughts. He had to show it. That's how he was going to dwell, by showing the building to Moses, to the Israelites. And this is speaking directly of the Lord Jesus Christ in the book of Matthew 16. Matthew 16 says, Verse 13. When Jesus came into the parts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, is? 
or am. And they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He says to them, but who say you that I am? Who do you say I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father who is in heaven. Now go back in your mind to Exodus, what I read earlier in Exodus. Build according to the pattern that I show thee. No other way to be built, but according to the pattern that I show thee. Now what is said here? Blessed art you, Simon, Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal it to thee, but my Father showed you. Here's how I'm going to build my house. Through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because here's how I tabernacled among you. This is the true tabernacle. The other one was a type and shadow of the true. But this one's not the type and shadow. This one's not the testimony. Jesus never comes and said, I'm the testimony of what's coming. He comes and said, I am the way and the truth and the light. I'm the truth of what the testimony spoke of. It spoke of Him. So the house was declaring Him. And He has to be showed to build you. So that God has a building program. We get real exciting excited if we said we're going to have a building program. God has one. And it's called the revelation of Jesus Christ in your heart. That is His building program and it's a building that's built up in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's His mind. And if I won't come to his mind, I probably won't get built up in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Probably just won't happen. Because God has a specific order, and he operates out of his order. And, and we, it's, it's like God dealing with Abraham with Ishmael. Abraham says, that Ishmael, Live among you. God says, this ain't my order. This ain't my son. And it's not going to work, Abraham, because it's going to be my order, it's going to be my son, and you're going to come to my way. It's not going to work your way. It will only work in his order. This is why God's people are confused. Lord spoke to me years ago about order. And order, you, you go back in, in the design of the tabernacle, it's filled with specific order. It's not done just Moses and 
his brother and a bunch of Hebrews gets together and says, we're going to build God a house and we're going to make it like we think it should be. It's done in a specific order and a specific way. And Jesus says basically the same thing. He says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this, but my Father who's in heaven, and also I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build. I will do what? Build my church. Upon the revelation of me, you will be built. And the gates of Hades, or hell, shall not prevail against it. So if you're built upon me, all these elements of the world will not prevail. That's what he's saying. But if you're built somewhere else, guess what? Probably going to have problems with the elements. Probably so. Because the issue is built upon Him. I give thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So the whole building program is upon the rock, the person of Jesus Christ. That's the building program. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. See, Moses went up into the mount to see the vision of God. Speaking of a heavenly vision, Peter sees the vision of Christ by the Spirit. He doesn't see it out of his own flesh understanding. And the Apostle Paul says he was preaching, what did he tell the king, King Agrippa, he was preaching? The heavenly vision. He had sight from God. He had understanding in his heart from God, so he was preaching out of the heavenly vision, and he said that he declared nothing, he determined to know nothing among you, but Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Christ crucified is a heavenly vision, and to wrap that up for you, John was caught up in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and he saw by the Spirit in the book of Revelation when he wrote, and, and what he ultimately goes to see is a lamb having been slain in the midst of the throne. A heavenly vision of Christ. And so the heavenly vision, the revelation of Jesus Christ is how God builds you. Some people say, well, I don't need revelation. I say, you better be careful. That's how God works. That's how He worked in the type. So if He worked in the type by revealing to Moses what was necessary, do you think it's not even a more necessity for God to reveal in the reality? I would tell you it is. The revelation is how God speaks. And shows. And it's not just revelations. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. What he's showing you is a greater and greater picture of him. So he doesn't give you a bunch of revelations. He shows you the revelation. The revelation. 
Because he has one building, he has one purpose, and he has one thought, and that whole thing is in the person of Jesus Christ. You say, well, Brother Wayne, I don't believe that. Well, read Ephesians 1. That he might gather together all things in one. And that goes back to what we quoted in the beginning. The same was in the beginning with God. God's one thought, God's one purpose, God's one mind was in the beginning with God that He would gather together all things in one. That was His thought. That it would all be gathered in one. And that's what Jesus did. He gathered us up into Himself. The church which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all and in all. And that's our purpose. People, I've heard Christians tell me, I don't have a purpose. You do have a purpose. The problem is you're not seeing what your purpose is. Everyone has a purpose. But the issue is what is the purpose? The purpose is His body. Just like God said, let them make me a sanctuary. That was the purpose of Israel, that they would make Him a sanctuary. That He would dwell among them. So that was a type and shadow of God's purpose of the church being His body, that He would dwell more than among you, that He would dwell within you, and out of your bodies, you would manifest Him. See, that touches you. Sometimes where you don't want to be touched. Because you like it better saying me and Jesus have our own thing going. See, Tom T. Hall was wrong. People like that. Me and Jesus just got our own thing. No, God doesn't have His own thing going with you. And His other thing going with me. And another thing going over here. The church is His body. That's His thing. And it's to be the fullness of Him. So the church is His body. Write that down. His body. That's Ephesians 1. Body. One. Singular. Body. Okay? So it's dealing with a body. One singular body. Now you have bodies. Okay? And God wants to conform your bodies to His body, which you are. And that's where confusion comes in. Now you are, Paul writes, the singular body of Christ. Now. Paul wrote that about 2,000 years ago that you are now. And see, this is a direct parallel to the children of Israel. 
They were the body of Israel. They were the body of their head who was Israel. Jacob, Israel was Jacob. Jacob was, name was changed to Israel. Search your Bible. And the whole nation took on one name. You want to see how plain this is? How many tribes were, they of, were there of Israel? The twelve tribes of Israel. The Levites become the priesthood. Joseph, so to speak, gave up his seat to his two sons. And there were twelve tribes. Okay? When Jesus comes on the scene, how many... What were the significance with Jesus and his disciples? Twelve. And the whole church came out of twelve, which was speaking of divine order and divine government. But it was not again, the head was no longer Jacob. The head was no longer the type and shadow. The head had come again just like the, the, the tabernacle to reality. Christ, the head of the church. That is His body. So they weren't going to take on the identity of Jacob. They were going to take on the identity of Jesus Christ. That's the truth. That's your purpose. That's what you're called for. That's what you're called to. That's why you have bodies, individual, to manifest His body that you are in the earth. See, see, that's, that's something you got to stomach. You are His body. If you've been baptized by one spirit, you are baptized into how many bodies? One body. By one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. How many? So how many bodies may raise up out of the dead in the resurrection? How many, Bob? Because you by one spirit are baptized into what? One body. And now you are the one body of Christ. You can read this in 1 Corinthians 12. It's in your Bible. So I'm not, I'm not quoting to you something that's not in your Bible. I'm actually quoting you, to you. I'll find it. 1 Corinthians 12. What is that, Bob? And I've got to watch my time here. I think one of the verses is 27. 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 12 and 13. Read through 14. It says, For as the body is many, no, for as the body is one, 
and have many members. So the issue is one. The one body has many members. And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit, say one spirit, are we all baptized into one body? Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we've all been made to drink into one spirit. For the body's not one member, but many members. There's one body with many members. And he goes down through here on the many members. In verse 27, he says, Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. So by one spirit you're baptized into one body. The church understood that. Now this is a spiritual body. This is a spiritual body. This is the body of the Lord. The church is His body. This body. The church is the visible expression of this body in the earth. That's what the church is. Ain't the building on the street. It ain't even the meeting you attend. You can go to buildings on the street and you can go to meetings and it have nothing to do with the true church. Because the church is His body. That's how the Lord defines the church. The fullness of Him that fills. And to you come to embrace that. And to embrace that, you've got to give up you. You've got to give up what you believe. Amen. And that's the, that's the hard part. Well, I've believed this since I was 10 years old. So? So did I. If it's not truth, really didn't help you a lot. The fact that you believed it didn't build you up in the knowledge of the Lord. The whole thing I'm concerned with is you being built up in the knowledge of the Lord. I ain't concerned with you getting built up in the knowledge of Wayne. It won't do you no good. Or Baptist or Catholic or any other name will not do you any good. And that's what we have. We have a whole bunch of believers, born again believers, that have been baptized into one body. They don't even know they're at the same body. When they, when they get out and talk, their, their speech betrays them and they say, well, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Pentecostal. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Charismatic. I'm a Holiness. Paul, you know what Paul's answer to that was? Is Christ divided? 
You think Apostle Paul didn't deal with that same nonsense? He absolutely did. And he, and he confronted it and he said to him, Is Christ divided? Because this schism that's being ministered into God's body is why there's division. So you minister a Baptist doctrine. So you go out and you spout the Baptist doctrine and it does nobody any good. Because <laughs> you don't come to the edification of the body of Christ. You come to the edification of Baptists. Now I'm picking on the Baptists. I can use the Pentecostal or the Catholic or whoever. I can use any one of those names. So I'm not trying to say the Baptist is worse off than the other because that's not the truth. So we, we, we took on an identity and not the identity of the Lord. See, the issue is His identity. The church which is His. Underline that in your heart. His body. His. To manifest Him. To take on His mind. To be His purpose. His voice in the earth. That's your calling. Wouldn't you like to know the voice of God? I'm asking you. We're, we're ending here in a moment. Just asking you a question. You, wouldn't you like to know when you hear the voice of God? Wouldn't you like that? That it be clear? This is God's voice? You can't, because you're His body. Do you think your body doesn't know your voice? In the natural? Does your body know your voice? When you say to the foot, you don't have to say it. You think, go out here, and what's the foot do? It goes. Foot doesn't sit there and wait and go, huh, I wonder if he's talking to me. Does it? You're his body. He's the head, the mind. But if I don't come to his mind, then I'm going to do my own thing. And my own thing is out of order. And that's the issue that's at hand. Is to come into order. And the first part is to see the purpose that God would dwell among you. And God doesn't dwell among you in tabernacles made with hands in the new covenant for you are the temple of the living God as He said. I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. That's what He said. That's what Paul said He said. Is Paul wrong? Don't think so. So Paul understood God's mind was to dwell in you. And he writes it all through his epistles. You are built up in Him. Last scripture I'll give you today, and, and I want you to ponder this. Ephesians 2. We read this last week, but here's your purpose. Ephesians 2. Verse 19, let's start there. 
says, you're no longer strangers and foreigners. Say, I'm not a stranger. I'm not a stranger. But I'm a fellow citizen with the saints and I'm of God's household. I'm of it. And are built, and are what? Built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together grows to a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are builded together for what purpose? For the habitation of God by the Spirit. So you start off with the testimony and God saying, let them build me a tabernacle. You come to the reality and Paul writes, you are built upon the rock. And see, the more you know the rock, the more the rock's revealed in you, the more the reality will be manifest through you that you're God's building. That's why it's important to be built through the revelation of Him. Because as you have Him revealed in you, this thing becomes more and more real in you that it can come out of you. See, if it's not real in you, it ain't going to come out of you. But when it gets real in you, you can't help you won't be able to help it. You can turn me off and need him. I'm going to talk a minute more. You can't help it when it's real. I can't help it. See, that's the issue, folks. When the Lord began to deal with me here back uh, several weeks ago, in my spirit, and this was, you know, maybe it should have been for everybody, but it's going to be for you this morning. In my spirit, in this group of people here, it was for you to see purpose. Purpose is not just getting up and coming to church and going home. Now, I believe in getting up, coming to church, gathering as a church. I don't really believe in coming to church. I believe in gathering as the church. See, if I gather as the church, just listen to this for one second. If I gather as the church, then I've come to an understanding that He's in me. Because the church is His body, the fullness of Him, right? That's the definition of the church in the Bible. So if I gather as the church, I'm coming in the reality, I'm gathering together in the reality, the Lord's presence. What Jesus say, when two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. So if I come to this idea that I'm his body, he dwells in me, I'm never going to come to a gathering where I don't feel the presence of God. It's never going to happen. Because the presence of God is going to come with me when I gather. 
Now that's a big difference. People go to meetings, they say, well, I didn't feel the presence of God. Well, wake up. The presence of God should be coming with you. You should be the presence of God in the earth. Now that's a mouthful. You should be. God's presencing. I didn't say you're God. But you should be His presencing in the earth. And that's what He's after. Is a people for His name. That's what we're going to get into in the coming weeks. You can write that down, mark it. He's after people. I don't know when I'll get there. Maybe six weeks. It may be next week. But a people for His name. And His name means His identity. His nature. Your name means who you are. Nobody else has a fingerprint like Dave's. Dave's fingerprint is specific to Dave. So he has a specific print. That's why God has a specific print. And you come to his specific identity. That's what your salvation is, is Christ in you and you in Christ. In his fullness. Well, how much of God was in Christ? Well, Paul knew what he was talking about. He said, in him dwelleth the fullness. And I think Paul did. The fullness of the Godhead. All he is. And so God shows you all he is through his son being revealed. Because all he is is in his son. All God ever was, all He's ever going to be, is in Christ. And when you get a hold of that, and God begins to reveal Him in you, it'll be like the days, like God wrote in, I believe, the book of Deuteronomy, the days of heaven on earth. God told that to the Israelites in the type in the shadow. Do you not think it would be greater with us that's not in the type in the shadow? Well, I'm done this morning. Any